Welcome to the Boutique Hotel News podcast. Here we share the latest news, comment and opinion from across the boutique, luxury and lifestyle sectors, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, news editor at BHN and host of this week's episode. Today I speak with Paul Bridger, Chief Operating Officer at Rove Hotels, about the lifting of travel restrictions in the UAE and how this is affecting occupancy how the business has evolved to provide additional revenue streams and what this could signal for future hotel development. I'd like to begin with quite an open question in that I saw on the news recently that the UAE has recently eased travel regulations, um, I believe with African and Asian countries. And I know that the UK has just moved Dubai onto its, um, or the UAE onto its amber list. And airports alone were expecting to witness a huge surge in passengers over the coming weeks and months. And I'm wondering, Paul, whether you're seeing an uplift in hotel bookings um, at Rove as a result of these new restriction easing. So firstly, um, I was very happy that the UK put the UE on the amber list um, on a personal basis because I managed to get back uh, last week. Um, in terms of bookings, uh, you know, Dubai has been relatively um, cons- uh, not busy, but consistent throughout uh, pandemic. We didn't, we, you know, a lot, the, the airport didn't close down for too long. Mm. Um, of course, you need both, you know, the, the, pass- the people that are receiving the passengers as well as sending the passengers to be open. Um, but yeah, the, the, we haven't seen a surge. I think that would be the wrong word, but we have seen a gradual uptick in business, you know, our hotels across the group, we got, you know, one of our hotels is, for example, running at 90% month to date in August. Um, and our other hotels are kind of generally in the 70s and the 80s in terms of occupancy. Summer is obviously the low season in, in mm-hmm. Dubai. So you do expect, you don't expect to be as busy regardless of, of, of the pandemic or not. Um, but we've got high hopes for kind of Q4 um, when the Expo 2020 kicks off. Um, so yeah, and what has, what we have seen is that the bookings have become even more last minute. Mm. Um, so, you know, so we, we saw that, you know, that's gradually been a trend over the last few years. Mm. Um, but now we can literally pick up, you know, seven days in advance is probably more than 50% of our business and we can have up to 20% of the business arrive on the book on the book and arrive on the same day. Um, which is very last minute, as you can imagine, it's very difficult to plan uh, moving ahead, but we, we tend to see patterns in that. And um, so, yeah, I think uh, a number of countries have um, opened up both ways, you know, UAE is open to, to countries and, and they've opened to, you know, to travel to the UAE. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're looking, we're looking forward to Q4 when uh, I hope to see more, more and more visitors into Dubai. Mm-hmm. Something that I've, seen during this last 18 months is how some hoteliers have diversified their operations during the lockdown to provide that additional revenue stream. Paul, can you talk us through some of the launches at Rove Hotels and how this has supported business? Yeah, so at Rove, we we always try to be, you know, a bit different, um, a bit forward thinking. We try to um, we have a very small team or a relatively small team. You know, we're, we're, we're seven hotels, we'll soon be nine hotels. So we can 
we can test things out pretty quickly and we don't have a big hierarchy for decision making or investment and this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, to give you some examples, and you know, even before the pandemic, we were the first hotel in the region to put a cinema in the lobby um, of the hotel because we thought, you know, in this part of the world, people really love the cinema. Um, and, you know, we thought, well, we had this space. We thought, well, why not? You know, and um, you know, we partnered with our with our kind of sister company, Real Cinemas, and and we've got a great boutique cinema right in the middle of the lobby. If you go into Rove downtown, and we were the you know we were the first. And since then, there's been a number of other hotels that have opened with a cinema theme or a cinema hotel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I mean, since COVID, um, I mean, prior to COVID, actually, and uh, we were quite big in the whole co-working thing. Again, mm. we were the we you know we were the launch partners with Less Work, which is now the biggest co-working platform in the region. Mm-hmm. Um, and so co-working was already pretty big in Rove. Um, and of course, when people were stuck at home for a period of time, um, they wanted to come back, but some people didn't want to come back to be sat in a lobby, particularly if they weren't sure how busy it would be. Mm. Um, but they wanted to get out of the home and they didn't want to be, you know, their office was possibly closed or maybe they only had a couple of days in the office. So, um, one of the things that we, you know, we, we, we pretty quickly put in was office rooms um, mm. where we converted bedrooms into offices. Yeah. Um, that was, I think, uh, I'm going to say July last year. Um, okay. And that's been been really busy. And we put them in across the group. Um, I think they're probably here to stay um, because they've been so popular. And there are now, now the co-working community is back in the hotels. Um, but again, if you want to have a call in choir or, you know, sometimes people like to be away and concentrate if you've mm-hmm. got, you know, if I, I use the rooms because if I've got, you know, spreadsheets to go through, then I'll, you know, I'll sit somewhere quiet and, and try and try and do that. But then the rest of the time I want to be in a space where it's a bit bustling and I can, yeah. I can take energy from from people. So that was one of the one of the things we launched um, since then. Uh, we launched a podcast studio. Funny enough, I think I, I invited you to the podcast studio <laughs> without knowing that you weren't in Dubai. Um, so yeah, we launched again. We found that you know two major things happened. One, a lot of a lot of the people that were co-working and were using our spaces were were launching podcasts, mm-hmm. um, and we saw a lot of people that where they tr- transitioned from a corporate job into kind of their own business, a startup. And one yeah. of the best ways to get their message out is to kind of do a podcast and talk about their experience and, and invite guests on. So. Um, we converted a kind of underutilized meeting space into the, it's really cool podcast studio with all the equipment. Um, and, uh, that's been really popular. Um, again, we've made it accessible and affordable because mm-hmm. one of the things that block people are, you know, you either have to invest in all the equipment and have it at home, or you go to a really high end studio, which maybe you don't, maybe you don't need. Right. And certainly mm. now we see that we don't, we don't necessarily need that. So, um, that's been great. I mean, recently, we um, we launched uh, gamer caves, um, which which essentially is bedrooms that have been turned into been kitted out with really high end um, gaming PCs, and you know all the all the gear. So we have we have game we have a partnership with Playtonia, who are mm-hmm. the biggest kind of gaming company in the region, Razer who do all the equipment mm-hmm. um, and then we kind of provide the space and the, and the team there and, you know, a special gaming menu. Um, and, and this has been, this has been really popular. 
Um, and I didn't realize until we got into this space how huge gaming is um, all over the world. And I think now it's they're talking about it becoming an Olympic uh, sport or there's some kind of, you know, there's some kind of, you know, it's becoming very much legitimized yeah. um, as, a, as, a, as a kind of uh, sport and, and activity. So, yeah, so we launched, we launched Gamer Caves or, or gaming rooms um, in the hotels. Um, recently, I think the last couple of weeks, we, we launched a... Um, Kind of YouTube studio um, in partnership with Nikon. Um, yeah. Again, we you know Nikon super equipment. You know they're mm-hmm. probably the market leaders, um, uh, but they don't do hotels or spaces. So you know we we've provided spaces, we've we've kitted it out, and we've got all the Nikon um, uh, gear in the rooms. And again, super super affordable, super accessible. It brings people into our hotels that maybe wouldn't normally go into a hotel mm-hmm. because they don't have a need. Um, so it's great for us from from that uh, angle. It optimizes a meeting room that maybe wasn't so mm-hmm. busy before, um, and it also helps the community and, and helps the you know our, our local residents. Mm-hmm. If I ever find myself in Dubai in the near future, Paul, I'll definitely be coming along to experience the cinema, the gaming cave, podcast booth, you name it. I'll be trying it all. And good, good to hear. <laughs> I'm curious to hear with all these new launches and new introductions um what's been the return on investment yeah so it's interesting because so from us from our you know from from Rose perspective we haven't invested a huge amount in in these things because what we've tended to do is partner with people that are experts in these fields mm-hmm. um and then you know our, our investment's been more around time around training um and, and around you know maybe mm. decoration but but we've already got the asset right so um, uh, so firstly, the investment hasn't been huge. And, and, and second, actually, people, have, they've been busy and mm-hmm. they've, been, they've been occupied. So um, from a commercial aspect, you know, our business, will, our core business will always be bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a nice additional stream. And it also brings people into the hotel that maybe then have a requirement to book bedrooms. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we're, we're talking already about potentially hosting um, a gaming uh, competition. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and because we've got the gaming caves and we've got hotel rooms, we've got meeting rooms. So, um, yeah, so it, it, it's maybe, you know, we get some revenue stream from the activities themselves, but also it adds, you know, some awareness for the, for the hotels. Mm-hmm. And how do you go about assessing the right partner for Rove? Um, where do you even begin when there are so many, I guess, suppliers out there? keen to maybe enter the hotel market so we yeah that's interesting so we again we're, we're, we're pretty lean team so we tend to we get together every week and you know we'll, we'll look at what's interesting and relevant and how trends are changing hmm. um and then we kind of say okay that sounds like an interesting space to be in who, who would we want to talk to if you wanted to go into that space and then we just you know we, we'll have a chat with you know, or often people approach us you know we'll, we'll already have a relationship maybe someone's using our meeting spaces or or you know it, it, it's a relatively small city in that regard talking about the gaming caves i've just recently bought a, a second-hand ps4 just to keep myself occupied and entertained i'll have to sharpen up my skills and maybe i'll come along and enter this competition <laughs> these guys are pretty serious um, I, but I think you'll need a bit more practice <laughs> And with all these new additions, Paul, you've already mentioned that the um, 
the co-working spaces or the, the standalone rooms that you've converted into offices are going to be permanent fixtures. But the other additions, are these going to become permanent elements of the hotel? Yeah, I think we'll, at the moment, yeah, I think we'll, we will continue to evolve. So, mm. you know, if, if podcasts become less relevant in the coming years, then we'll change the podcast studio into something, you know, that may be more relevant. For now, you know, COVID, no COVID, you know, th this is obviously a, a great addition. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll, we'll, we'll our, our intention is always to be, to evolve, to be different, um, to maybe, you know, uh, our, our niche maybe is that we can move quickly. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, if I was working for one of the big hotel chains, I'd probably have to go to the US and say, hey, we're planning to do this thing. And, you know, it would maybe take six months to get to the relevant people, whereas we can decide today and, and do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, so is it permanent? No. Is it, would, would, would it be there for some time? It's certainly been an advantage um, for independent brands, um, boutique, lifestyle, properties um, to be able to adapt quickly, they're nimble and they clearly have the agility to do so. And Paul, to finish up um, our session today, I'd like to ask, what have you learned during this process? So, I mean, it's been really interesting because what it's, what it's taught us is that, you know, when you've got a hotel, which is a, an asset, it's really important to have not all of your eggs in one basket. You know, if you're, if you're relying on tourists from a particular destination, you know, you need to be conscious that that could change at any time, you know, pandemic or not, that mm -hmm. for, for whatever reason that could change. And I think it showed how important it is to, to have a holistic view of, of your business, um, to adapt quickly, you know, and move quickly. And I definitely think some of the smaller operators and brands have an advantage there because they can move quickly. Yeah. Um, I think it says, don't be afraid to try new things. Um, you know, we were, again, when we, when we first went into a lockdown, uh, we, realized there was no tourists coming at all um, yet we had lots of people in Dubai particularly that w used hotel rooms as their main source of accommodation mm -hmm. so we completely transitioned our business into become a kind of long stay uh, hotel and again we, our hotels one of our hotels ran at 90 percent occupancy you know nearly 400 bedrooms throughout the pandemic from business that we'd never normally have mm -hmm. Um, so I think it, I think the main thing is to be flexible and, and adapt uh, quickly. Mm -hmm. And as a result of these learnings, how do you think hotels are going to evolve and develop? Um, you've just, for example, alluded to the extended stay aspect of hotels. Could we see more hoteliers, for example, pivot to this model? Yeah, so I think I think you will see a lot more extended stay models. Uh, you'll see a lot more mixed use developments where you have you know, different, different aspects of the uh, driving the business. I think you'll see more focus on potentially um, the staycation market and making sure that whatever, whatever your offer is, there is also an attraction from a staycation market because you know that 99% you know, of the time that will be there. Yeah. Um, and I think you'll see maybe design and buildings being a bit more flexible. 
in future because you know uh, to, to protect the owner's investment um, you may see more interest in again the smaller operators and the the, the people that have shown that, that they've been able to adapt quickly mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe more variety you know in, if an owner has hotels with maybe one big brand which you often see maybe they'll have you know a couple of hotels with the smaller more niche operators just to kind of balance their their portfolio mm-hmm. well thank you so much for your time today um, I've very much enjoyed talking to you and I wish you all the best for the future likewise I hope to see you in Dubai soon testing out our hotels <laughs> thanks for listening to the boutique hotel news podcast If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and sign up to our twice-weekly newsletter.